Welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? I'm uh, I'm happy. I'm I'm football happy. It's football, baby. Coming, coming right on the tails of the first NFL game of the season happening. It was a, a yeah. good one for fantasy purposes. 54 points scored overall, and I feel like everyone's <laughs> players, everyone who had players in this game, was probably generally pretty uh, satisfied yeah. with the results. So, yeah. good good start to the season. Got the uh, first edition of the power rankings out today. The preseason power rankings out today to uh, follow up our draft. Uh, episode or, or post-draft ep- podcast episode last okay. week so I mean, everything's clicking everything's uh, moving right along the, the way it should be so it's it's nice to be back in the swing of things yeah i totally agree and i used to kind of lament the fact that we got into a little bit of a rhythm where uh, back in the day we used to do our podcast on wednesday night which was kind of in the sweet spot after the waiver wire uh, would would carry over from the evening before or the morning before early morning before and the you know 24 hours before the Thursday night, so we didn't have any kind of premonition of head starts from the Thursday night football game. But this Thursday night rhythm in the past couple of years has been really sweet because I actually kind of like carrying in with a little bit of momentum because it gives us a little bit more to talk about if there is a, a, a taller hill for somebody to climb going into the weekend games, if there was a big performance, or if there was a lackluster performance that's going to really cause somebody to have a setback. So no shortage of, of drama to talk about tonight. A great start. Uh, high performances. Definitely some stud performances already that, that some of us were hoping to see. Uh, it was not as exciting for me going into a Thursday night game knowing that I was playing the Super Bowl uh, champ and one of the best quarterbacks the league has seen. Uh, certainly the youngest for his, for his talent. Uh, and uh, my guy held it in there and, and garbage timed me to a, a limp along there to finish. So... I'm feeling much better starting this podcast than I could have been about 20 minutes ago. So all is well, but uh, I certainly feel a little giddy going into the weekend. You and I have talked, we we didn't know if the NFL was going to happen, if it would be so, uh, for lack of a better word, neutered by circumstances and uh, overall expectations of safety and such that, uh, although important, may put such a damper on the game that it may be less of a product that's enjoyable. Uh, all that to say, I think I've been so hungry for a sense of normalcy, of uh, kind of life rhythm. This has been a sweet little moment of, oh, I get to watch this again. I get to track scores and my, my text groups are blowing up. And I remember, oh, this is why it has not been good for my marriage to be in more than one league. And right now I'm in four and my phone won't stop at the dinner Wait, table. I, I- how did you end up in four leads? Because uh, I, I thought it was. I kept I on getting two. asked. I have a reputation. <laughs> I'm that guy. Remember? Well, now now you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> some some people saw the T-shirt and they they're, you know putting money where the mouth is. Kind of claims here. I got to defend my my TNR honor. Yeah. And speaking of defending honor, we have a man on the line this evening, our first guest, which is exciting because this is our first regular season episode following the draft, and we get to welcome a brand new league member. Pete, care to build him up and hand it off? I, I tell you what, uh, this this man has uh, made a grand entrance into the lead. Really happy that he's joined us in the lead and with us tonight. I found out pre-show, you said you're in four leads. He is. He has trimmed down the number of leads he's in to now be in eight leads. Oh my word. So, so <laughs> without further ado, welcome to the show, Brian Kidd. Hey Pete, hey Seth, how y'all doing? Brian, great to have you, man. Thanks for joining the league too, man. It's been a lot of fun. You've been bringing a great dose of tone and chatter and really expertise to the league. It's a very I would describe your 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 wisdom as very subtle and strong. Just how you kind of trickle in, like, oh, he's right, he's right, yeah, no, he's right. <laughs> it's like, like I'm seeing a trend it's, here. Uh, it's it's different for me because uh, I know I know uh, Pete talked about it. I play in a lot of leagues, and it it's always been uh, quantity over quality. But uh, I'll say something about this league. It, it, the amount of quality you have top to bottom between all of the owners, like all every single person in here, they know what they're doing. And it it's, I like the challenge. I really do. And <laughs> like, look, Pete gave me a D plus. I'm going to defend that in a minute. Yep. But, we'll give you I a mean, podium. Look, I've, 
I wasn't as happy as I could have been either. And that's a testament to like how good the rest of the owners are here. Like every single guy you got in here is, is awesome. So I appreciate the invite and I'm glad to be here. Well, we'll, we'll dig through the details of your team a little bit, but I just want to say that that makes my heart just like burst with pride. Like, oh, me too. You know, like, like just a proud dad of, (laughs) yeah, you know what? We are awesome. And this is, this is really cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i think i saw a tear there on your face so. yeah, no, <laughs> you're welcome you, you might have all right now i'm done now i'm done lying let's talk truth <laughs> <laughs> uh but no i mean that that is that is really cool that uh, it's just cool that you've so quickly you know kind of come into the the camaraderie that we we really hold in high regard and is, is really important to us because it, the fantasy football is really just the medium for us that um, allows us to connect with one another. That's right. And uh, and and that, that's you know, kind of something that we've always said and we've always enjoyed about this league. So, and it's it's really cool that you've been able to just you know fold right in both you you and, and Jared Fleming as as the new guys and uh, you're already more ingrained with us than you know the guys who spots you um, are taking from last year in a lot of ways. So um, that's been really fun to see. So. Uh, you know, that being said, I do want to hear kind of what your thought process was uh, coming into the draft. Um, I think this was your first time doing an auction, even with all your expertise, was yeah. the first time doing an auction draft? First time doing a competitive auction okay. draft. Okay. So, I mean, you know, there, there's been passive ones here and there. Um, but I, I came in with two targets and uh, not much fanfare from the rest of the league on those two targets, but I knew the two guys I wanted. Uh, I heard on the last one that Seth, you, you thought I was running out of time, and I felt backed into a corner with Josh Jacobs, but uh, he was my target. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I was positing a theory. I, I did not claim it as his. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's a good theory because he was the last guy on the board yeah, before right. he got to that next tier. Right. But I kind of felt like he would be. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll get him a little cheaper. I was wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, to me, I just I see an opportunity there that uh, for him to grow and um, if I if I miss I miss that's part of it but if you don't get that guy who goes from like that tier two up to that high tier one then you don't have a chance of winning. That's right. What so. one thing that can be really difficult about the auction is when you have those guys and we kind of mentioned it last week a little bit. You have those guys in your mind that you think, you know, I value this guy kind of a little bit above the tier where he should go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just end up locking horns with someone else who has, like, the exact same thought process. I know there have been years past on a player like Rex Burkhead where, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, like, me and someone else, probably Jared Lorenz, just got into a bidding war over him and ended up, his price ended up just way higher than it ever should have been. But you kind of did that point where it's like well he's the last guy in this you know before that dropped to the next tier so it's like i kind of have to have him at this point even though this is an egregious price <laughs> i never wanted to pay this but um that's the part of that can be really hard about the the auction um and i i think you know i think you did well um in, ter- in, in that regard to stick stick with it and get your guy um you know i think i have a different perspective of you know josh jacobs as the player than you do but i think it's um definitely a uh, tip of the top to you for having that target and sticking with it and, and getting him, even if he was more than you were uh, planning to uh, pay for him. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was willing to go a little higher cause I think it was, it was Tyreek that he came in less than what I expected him to go for. Mm-hmm. So where I was willing to cap out at about 50 for my wide receiver one, that kind of gave me an extra six bucks to play with, which allowed me to bust my budget for Jacobs. Um, but the guy who really targeted more than him was actually DJ Moore. Uh, I, I probably would have went almost uh, Michael Thomas numbers with him. I, I think he's in for <laughs> a big year. Such a breakout! I, I was like, man, he did. He had 87, 1100 with Kyle Allen as, as his quarterback. I, I don't know. Like yeah. it's just. I don't, I don't know, know how much of an upgrade Teddy Bridgewater is from Kyle Allen, but DJ Moore is definitely a stud. Well, um, D, DJ doesn't like to run routes more than eight yards down the field, and I don't think Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> can throw the ball more than eight yards down the field. So The match made in heaven. Yeah, Michael Thomas did it for five games and looked pretty good with it. Yeah, That's okay. yeah, you're right. but, and, yeah and DJ Moore's probably better after the touch than Michael Thomas is. I think he's faster. Um, doesn't have a sure of hands. Uh, obviously, I mean, we're talking 
the best receiver in the league in Michael Thomas. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just I figured those were two guys that might not be targeted by, uh, you know, kind of seeing where the chats were going in the chat room. And I was like, well, I like them. So I'm going to target some guys that I think maybe I can get a little bit cheaper. Maybe not. And then uh, I think it was you, Seth. You, you got McLaurin, right? Yes. Yep. Man, I wanted him. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, you said sometimes you got to stick to your guns and not get in that bidding war. And I, I almost clicked bid at for thirty on yeah. him, and I was like, I, I can't do and that. I, I honestly, that I, I might have. I'm, I, I think I'm trying to remember back. I think I'd slotted thirty six for him. Oh so, wow! Like, yeah, I, no, that, I, that's he's going to be awesome. Yeah. So coming in, you know, with the the things that we had been chatting up a lot ahead of the draft, we're talking a lot about values and we're talking a lot about targets and you mentioned your targets already what was your experience kind of facing our economy we have our own perspective on it uh, and it changes every year and uh, because strategies move with trends and values of players and types of strategy and because we're all learning and getting a little better and so we're, we're making mm-hmm. adjustments we're watching what winners did last year and trying to roll that in so what was your kind of fresh eyes look on our own draft economy specifically I, I think honestly it all made sense like players that i thought were sleepers that mind you like I, I said i was used to snake drafts guys that guys that i get value on in snakes that i target all of them and actually both of you ended up with one in mclaurin and in, in uh, hollywood mm-hmm. i was i was impressed to see that it go up and i'm like man i need to do more homework <laughs> <laughs> and uh so the, there was a couple guys that i did like my my Top three, I, I didn't spend more than what I wanted to. I spent about what I wanted to on that, which um, allowed me to spend a little, little bit more, like spread out the money elsewhere. But what I didn't get was a guy that I got wanted cheap that I feel like I can keep for next year. But there's always a guy out of the free agent market. And so long as I spend enough fab and hopefully outbid somebody in the league, maybe yeah. I get him. Yeah. And those fab waiver wires get pretty contentious. I'll tell you especially when there's a a loose handcuff out there when somebody goes oh, yeah. when somebody goes down it gets it gets pretty salty. Oh, fab is the only way to do waivers and, and that's yeah. that's hands down. I mean other than that you're just playing a luck of the draw. At least yeah. this way everybody gets an opportunity everybody in the free and, agent market. And we just roll that logic up to auction draft and say auction yeah. draft there's no no better way now. Now has this sullied your snake draft experience if you're, you know, you're talking about about uh, seven eighths of your experience is uh, so the alternative. You're, you're gonna hate. You're gonna hate this take. Um, I, I really, I thoroughly enjoy the auction draft, but it, there's just something about like having a bunch of guys with a guy with a sticker running up to the board and popping sure. them on there because sure. we. I, I like it live, and you know, and then and then seeing the guy just fall, and then because we. I don't like doing it on a computer. I like doing it in person yeah. like everybody is there and there's always that one or two people that fall like i think it was a couple of years ago i got brandon cooks in the ninth round his first year with uh the rams just because everybody forgot <laughs> <laughs> i was like is he really there and and you don't really get that with i mean an auction because once you see oh hey that guy's still there he hasn't been nominated and i've got money somebody else yeah. is like oh I still got money too. <laughs> right. like, dang, there goes my sleeper. But you know, I think they both have their merits That's and fair. it all depends on who you're drafting with versus I think that matters more than the method of how you're drafting. So if you I have a good that, league. Yeah, I think, I think an in-person draft of any style will, will trump an online one. Like if you're doing in-person offline drafting, that you know, that, you can't beat that even sure. with, uh, with an auction online. One thing we've never got to do would be an in-person, everyone in the room auction, um, which we, we've talked about. You know, that's the dream is to you know, I'll meet in Vegas and do a, a offline auction draft. Hire, and how much hire a quick talking auctioneer. Yeah, yeah. That, or, yeah, we just rotate who's you know who. If you're nominating the player, you're the auctioneer, and uh, you know you you get to bang the gavel when a player is sold or, or whatever, and you get to be involved. And in, in, I mean that would be that would be so much fun. Um, we've never got to do that, but no, I, I think I think that that's a that's a fair take. Uh, it's, it's hard to beat being in the room 
with everyone. Um, it's just, yeah. we're, we're pretty spread out um, here, so it's difficult to do. It, it's um, also a fair take, uh, and I respect it a lot because having done a couple of snake drafts this season, I can tell you that the distinction, and we've, we've gathered together for uh, at least there was a strong majority the past couple of years when we were doing our auction drafts meeting up in Dallas and having a good time around the draft, like making a weekend out of it, going golfing, going to a ball game, something like that. Like those are the memories that I'm, uh, we live for in a draft weekend. But when you get down to the brass tacks of a draft itself, there's not a whole lot of distinction between what happens in a restaurant when we're all together looking at our screens at an auction draft or we're at home on a Zoom uh, looking at our auction draft. Because as soon as that draft starts, it's so intense and mind-draining that it takes all your focus. And I agree with you, Brian. The snake draft, you're able to maintain that same, call it the you know kind of camaraderie spirit of the frat weekend of sorts through the entirety yeah. of the draft. And for that reason, it definitely has its, its strength or its uh, strong point in, in that merit. I will say this, though. An auction draft takes a lot more skill and talent than a snake. But it's, it's all, like, you can give me fantasy football. You can slice it up in any which way you want it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to like it. I'm going to go back for seconds. <laughs> so. That's going in the podcast description right there. Well done, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. That's you're, a, that's a you're, already, you're already published, sir. Well done. <laughs> All right, sweet. I guess uh, something good better happen out of this because I heard there's a curse of being the first visitor. Yeah, we need to address that. I was going to hit, hit you before we left. Well, you know what? You're, you're coming into it. You're definitely coming into it on the right side of things. So the way the curse works is that it's like the Madden cover curse where a lot of times what happens is a team starts hot and it's like, Hey, we should talk to the owner while they're, you know, starting out hot. They're, you know, leading the lead. They're two and oh, they got the most points in the lead or whatever. And so we talk to them then, and then, you know, regression hits <laughs> by really no fault of our own. It's just that they're not to stay that hot all the time, but it gets tied to them being on the podcast People start saying there's a curse. It's not really a real thing. But now, for you, your situation, you're coming into it. Uh, I gave you a, a D plus. I you're you you're welcome, yeah, Pete is saying. The, the number two yes. on the power. Right. So this is just this. Was is that the way you buttered me up to get me on the podcast to start? <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey man, it's only up launch. from here. You're on the ground oh, yeah. floor, baby. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love being an underdog. <laughs> Yeah, well, I cool. appreciate you. I know I played Pete. I think I play you week eight, so just watch out, man. Okay, okay. all right. Well, I'm sure my, I'm sure my, my you'll still get me at the D+. very different, but you can, you can rub it in my face. When, when nah, it's, it's all good. Very nice. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll put you on the spot a little bit. You've mentioned you know, a couple of things uh, you know, with your experience uh, that have been interesting. I was wondering, you know, just from what you've seen and uh, experienced, is there anything – like? Uh, areas of improvement um, that you can see for uh, the lead for settings or uh, scoring or format or anything like that, um, you know, that you could bring into the lead and say, hey, why don't we do this? Um, I, you know, I'd love to hear those suggestions. If you don't have anything right now, that, that's okay. Seth can edit this out later and, and just, you know, delete the question. Oh, oh I'm going to edit it out anyway. Well, I'm, I'm not going to let Peter use this as some PR moment no, for him to no, no. Actually, sm- Seth, smooth the masses like with what a great commissioner asking for feet bull crap. <laughs> no, he, he can ask. Uh, so um, I, I have leagues on pretty much every platform you could imagine, and and I hate ESPN so much. It's <laughs> the interface is terrible. I'm, I'm and I know I get why. Um, because I mean, what y'all have been with it from the get from the start? Almost. We we spent a year in Yahoo actually, but yeah. Those were the forgotten years. And, and now Yahoo just is filled with ads. Like over the last two years, you can't even see your team because it's all ad covered. ESPN's great for what for an auction because I think it's one of the few sites that actually still has it. Um, I swear you got to try Sleeper. Like I am a huge fanatic on Sleeper. I've been playing that for the last two years. Uh, I tried it last year with the with the Money League and. The first couple of weeks were kind of rough. Everybody's getting used to the app. The learning curve. But even if you don't play on it, like their mock interface is so good just to mock. I mean, I, I've, I could do 10 mocks in an hour. I can, I can tell you that it's clean. It's pretty. It looks pretty intuitive. 
if they had the auction feature, we we actually talked offline. Should we hop or not? Should we make the jump? Yahoo was really the only other contender because of our auction prep. Yeah. And that's when we started talking. What if we just did something in person? How would we put that together? And could we get offline and do it? And you just need well, the technical backing to, to hold the auction mm-hmm. economy together. Absolutely. And then uh, the, the other, uh, but I wanted to bring out, I'm trying a setting this year. And after this year, um, I can let you all know how it worked, but it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's a, every week you get, you can get two wins and I'm not recommending this. I've never done it before. I've heard about it, but you play one game against your opponent, one game against the league median of scoring. Ah. And so you can either go two Oh one, one or Oh and two for the week. And uh, I'm trying it in like that little home family league that I have because it doesn't matter. So I was like, well, this is a pretty interesting setting. Let's see how this works. Mm. So I have no clue, but other than that, I mean, I like the settings. I love the negative points for a kicker, even though it kind of hurt me today. But I, <laughs> you're gonna have a kicker. You got to punish them when they miss something. That's right. That that is an interesting feature. It kind of goes to the fact when you know you lose to the top store in the lead, and you had the third highest or second highest store uh, for the week. It's like that's really tough to lose on those weeks. But uh, in, in that sort of format, you would still get a win. Um, and you know, on, on the flip side, if you win only because you played like the worst person that week, um, yeah, yeah, it's not a, a, a full two and zero win because uh, you're uh, under under the median. So that is that is interesting in terms of adding another wrinkle and potentially a little bit of uh, you know fairness um, to it. Yeah, but I think it kind of takes out the randomness too. So like that's why I wanted to play with it in a league that doesn't matter. Um, before I introduced it into anything else. So I, I don't know. It, it seems interesting to me. I've heard people like it, but at the same time, like i made the playoffs one year with like the second lowest score in the league. And I somehow pulled out a 500 record. <laughs> yeah. I think that, so, I think it was Derek. Was it last year that we did, we did a strength of schedule comparison, like ideal schedule. And, yeah. And he, cause their points for was just monstrous. And he just had the worst luck with, four or five matchups back to back where he was putting up the second highest score of the week and just happened to be playing the top score. So in, in situations like that, I can see it bringing a little bit more balance to talented teams. But on the other hand, do you like the, the luck of the, the matchup yeah. lineup? And I mean, it's part of the game too. So I could see it going either way. I'll be curious to get your feedback at the end of your time mm-hmm. trial with that. I will see. Uh, obviously like I'll, I'll let y'all know. Um, I'm kind of hesitant to try it, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how it balances out. See if it actually affects anything in the standings of that other one. I'll, I'll let y'all know. But yeah, it's weird. Like, but other than that, to I like the simplistic settings. Like, it, it's it's complex enough where you have to do your research and make sure you match your you know draft properly to meet the settings. But it's not ridiculous enough where it kind of ruins the game. So, cause there's that fine line you have to toe with the scoring settings. If you try to get too cute, yeah, then it's not fun. And then I, I like it. I like the, I mean, you're, you, you have to play a league that's either full or half PPR. You can't do the standard anymore. Right. Because uh LeGarrette Blunt's 18 touchdowns a couple years ago was just terrible. <laughs> uh, and, and I wrote it to the playoffs one year. So I, I feel I, I get it, but that's not as fun as, Having a little bit more balance. players that are actually good. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I did want to mention, uh, you know, you're, you've made some changes to your team since draft day, uh, and you, you made a, a preseason trade. Uh, not only yeah. you know, a preseason trade, but a, a three-way uh, trade with uh, yeah. Brock and, and Chris Windsor. So uh, I think that I think that was a <laughs> I think that was, uh, that improved your team. You basically swapped Kareem Hunt for Le'Veon Bell. Um, in that carousel, uh, and uh, well, you know, maybe Cream Hunt has more upside later on in the season if something were to happen to Nick Chubb. I think Le'Veon Bell definitely makes you stronger to start. So, uh, what? Uh, and, and then you uh, you also added James Robinson off the waiver wire, which was a good pickup. Uh, considering it seems like he's the only healthy running back in Jacksonville now. Well, that trade right after the trade, uh, I mean, right after the draft. Um, Brock had texted me and he said, man, I need to run him back. <laughs> and so I, I, I had originally offered like uh, 
Kareem Hunt um, for DK Metcalf. And, you know, he was like, no, but, I, you know, I like DK, and he, he should. DK's awesome, yeah. like, yeah. so long as he keeps playing with that pacifier in his mouth. And uh, <laughs> and, I, and I got I was like, hey, you know what, that's fine, man. I, I just think about it. It's Let me know if you change your mind. No big deal. I, I've known Brock for a couple of years, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't need to be – I hate people that are pushy with the deal. Like, dude, take yeah. my trade, take my trade. And I was like, no, hey, look – if you change your mind, ask me and I might've changed mine, but you know, and then he told me and he's like, yeah, he's like, Chris offered love bell for DK. And he's like, so I don't, he's like, but I kind of like Kareem Hunt more. And I was like, yeah, but I like love bell more. So, I mean, I'm willing to do this whole swap and everybody can be happy. He's like, let me message Chris. I was, so it turned into something. And um, then it happened. And then I realized I have love bell on my team. <laughs> and, and then I kind of got sick. I think I had that heartburn that Seth had today. <laughs> and, and so I just said, you know what? I'm not going to check any updates on uh, on the Jets. I'm not going to watch the games. I'm just going <laughs> to wait until the game is over and he gets his 22 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. that, that is a good strategy. That is, that's, yeah. You, we call that the anti-Pete. Pete, uh, yeah, it, Pete got drugged through the gutter. Uh, by Bell. And I don't know if you picked up on his uh, tone of bitterness yes. last week, but it was subtle. Mm-hmm. It was there, though. Oh, I, I lived through that, too. <laughs> so I, I feel your pain, Pete. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've had experiences with every player considering the number of games. <laughs> well, <you laughs> know, the, the funny a, thing a is most of them have like, the same I have like the same five players on every single team. So yeah. <laughs> I wondered what your yeah. similarity was like. Yeah, you, you, you always got your studs, right? I'm curious. Can I ask you about your, your team name? I like it. I like Bean Dip. Uh, okay, yeah. So this one's fun. I like that you have a, a, a porta potty as your, your team logo as well. So <laughs> tell us about it. So I, I chose the porta potty because I saw the team I inherited. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I, I kept it at that. Um, and it was the only one that made me laugh through the choices. I didn't want to upload an image. I had one up there for like a little bit. It was the Lombardi trophy and the Cowboys logo. It said social distancing, uh-huh. but you couldn't really see it. Um, Cause I know a bunch of y'all are Cowboys fans, but I, I didn't want to start it out that way. I like my porta potty. And um, so you guys lucked out. My wife just left uh, to go to a gas station run so I can tell the bean dip story. Um, not <laughs> safe for work with children. I mean, I guess it kind of is, but um Years ago, uh, my wife had a couple drinks, and she she came up with this idea like if you flicked yourself, flick somebody else under the boob, it was she called a bean dip, <laughs> and like flicked it up. And so she kept doing it to me. She kept doing it to my friends. I was like, I swear, you do it to my friends, I'm going to do it to your friends. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> she kept doing it. And I was like, No, you're not going to do this. And I just flipped it up and got her really good. And I was like, bean dip. And she laughed. And I was like, right after that, I just switched my team name to bean dip. And I won the league that the league I was in that year. <laughs> and so it just, now it's taken on a, a, like a life of its own. Every draft I do, like I have a can of bean dip and Fritos with me. So it's just, it's turned into a tradition, I yeah. guess. Um, it's ridiculous. If I have two teams on the same platform, it's like I have bean dip and like spicy bean dip or jalapeno uh, bean dip, something like that. Nice. And it's just kind of turned into a life of its own. Like I, I have a buddy that I played fantasy with for years and he didn't, he started calling me bean. And I was like, all right, man, like that, I think we're crossing the line here. <laughs> like, don't call me that. <laughs> like, my face. But uh, it, that's kind of how it grew into what it is now. So that that's been going on for I've had that team name for like eight years now. Nice. So it's 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 tried and true. I haven't missed the playoffs yet since I named a team being there. Nice. Well, you came in with you came in, the, in with a lot of confidence with it, and so I knew there had to be some kind of story behind it because you weren't just going with whatever popular pun, you know, like Fresh Prince of Hell Air or whatever it is that's that's popular today that uh, had a strong icon with it. And I thought they were semi-relevant. Like, oh, that's kind of funny because, you know, I think of beans. I think of toilets eventually. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even put those two together. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, no, it goes together really well. <laughs> yeah, pretty correlated. That's awesome, man. 
And now our audience has been introduced to like a, a, a different adult version of Slugbug. So uh, <laughs> you know, play, play that at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't do it to strangers. That's all I got to yeah, say. Yeah, no, guys. that's called assault. You, you, yeah. get a lot of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you get a lot of trouble that way. So you, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it to friends either. <laughs> like, avoid it. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't call yeah, you a stranger, uh, but we're not, we're not close enough to do that. So... No, no, not at all. Like, if you, but here's a side note: if you get it on the way down, it's called a slam dunk. So you can go oh, boom sure. to a. Uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, it's kind it's of like a, the bump set spike. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it. it's like yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thanks for that trip down that yeah. lane. I'm sure we're on a few watch lists now. And uh, yep. if we're still in the Apple Store after tonight, uh, it was <laughs> due to no <laughs> credit of our own. However. Great to have uh, you on the line, man. You got a good looking team. I am excited. You got a great personality, a uh, good tone of engagement with the league. You're going to fit right in and you already do. It feels like, feels like you've been a member a long time. So glad well, to have like you board. I like personality content because uh, it's not my body while you have me. So it's okay. <laughs> Says you. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, then Just I feel bad for you. Right. In person, we'll bean dip you. And- <laughs> <laughs> Have a different feeling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good, good luck with that one. If you get to bean dip me, you can't give me a D plus. That's the only rule. That's All fair right. enough. All right. Fair enough. That's, that's a fair trade off. Well, thanks for being on the air with us. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Hey, thanks for having me, y'all. Have a good night. See ya. That was fun. Thanks for doing such a good job. Always lining up our guests. Way to, way to suck them in early uh, so we can <laughs> curse, curse them on the front end. Excellent yeah. job. No, I, I do I do what I can to uh, you know make the show successful and uh, give everyone their chance at redemption or uh, crash and burn, depending on you know where they are coming into the coming into the podcast. Sure enough. Well, it's uh, it's our favorite time of the night. We're going to move to a matchup head to head, which we haven't done in oh feels like ages. I'm excited about it. As we mentioned. Uh, it is post-Thursday night football, and there were some great performances this evening. <gasps> Hold on. <laughs> it's killing me. Oh, I'm dying, Pete. <laughs> You're just like my wife, just laughing at my misery. <laughs> I, really, I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. Oh. Uh. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, I, I was you know I was really no good um, in the hospital when uh, our our firstborn was was, uh, was being born and, and Kristen was laboring through childbirth. I, I didn't do well in that situation either, so yeah. you know, don't feel bad. It's not just uh, not just you. You're telling me not to feel bad. <laughs> I think. Oh, I, think... <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel. I think. Bad. I, think I, say, I think you're the one who's supposed to be wrestling with the feelings of lack right, of compassion, right. but whatever. Yeah. So yeah. here we yeah, are. Really, really wrestling with it. Obviously, it is Thursday night. We are talking shop as we move into matchup discussion. And as we said earlier, uh, tonight's performances brought uh, some pretty good uh, jump starts to the weekend. Uh, you mentioned, with the exception of, I think, uh, Chewy, who's probably the only one who's not happy tonight yeah. uh, after a, a lackluster performance from Randall Cobb. But uh, other than that, some pretty high point boards uh, going into the weekend. So. Uh, should be some good matchup fodder and discussion this evening. What is our MO? Who are we going to start with? Well, you know, we just talked to Brian and you just mentioned Chewy and they face each other. So let's start there. Perfect. It was interesting that um, Chewy played Randall Cobb. He has Cortland Sutton on his bench. He also has Austin Hooper on his bench. He could have um, potentially played either one of those uh, instead of Cobb, having to you know play Cobb on Thursday night. Um, I think Sutton has a shoulder injury that he just suffered today, perhaps. So that probably weighed into the decision for Chewy. So kind of a tough spot there with Sutton possibly being injured and playing on Monday night. Cobb, you know, available playing tonight uh, with you know Brandon Cook's status was in, in up in the air for his, his injury uh, coming into tonight's game. So um, you know, I did the the rationale, definitely hindsight analysis, saying, oh, maybe you should have held out and seen you know what was going to happen with Sutton or put uh, Hooper in there instead. But um, that's a totally hindsight twenty twenty analysis. Sure. Yeah, I bet uh, your logic though is pretty sound. I bet it follows pretty closely with his line of thinking, and uh, I would have thought that Deshaun would have thrown 
a little more tonight on the front end. They just got really shut down. He just wasn't on the field. In fact, I haven't looked at their offensive uh, time breakdown yet, but I'd be willing to bet it was two to one in terms of time on the field. Just felt like the Texans offense was never out there. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's usually, I think that's a lot of times that's the way it goes when it was, it was a pretty lopsided game, right? It was, you know, 34 to 13 or, or 31 to 13 up until the last minute um, or so. Uh, so pretty uh, lopsided game usually works out that way. Time of possession is a pretty lopsided as well. So that does make it difficult to, uh, you know, get those targets, get those catches uh, for uh, wide receivers, uh, especially when they're not the primary option on the team. Um, so still it is, uh, I think headed towards a, a pretty close matchup here. They're currently projected only two points apart. I think we'll see a lot of close matchups in the projections, yeah. um, as is to be expected when you've got no bye weeks, no injuries and, uh, kind of fresh view at all these players coming into the season where hope springs eternal, uh, for, you know, even someone like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know, what's interesting is I look at their matchup down here and I'm going to slide right by the comment. Where you're still dealing with your demons here, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the as I look at their pushes uh, positionally, they have really comparable teams in this matchup. Uh, in terms of, I'm gonna say maybe the biggest differences are probably Josh Jacobs and Le'Veon Bell spot in the flex down there. But other than that, I wouldn't be able to make a really good call as to who I think has the advantage in any position. We've got Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford. They're very much so in the same tier. You've got Austin Eckler, who I, I really like, and uh, but Chris Carson on the other side, uh, I really like as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is a great uh, number two, but Josh Jacobs is you know a number one over here. And then DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill are arguably in the same tier. Anyway, what are your thoughts on the head-to-head position uh, comparison? Uh, actually, I, I just I, saw Rob Gronk. So George Kittle is definitely better than Gronkowski. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know Josh Jacobs. I would say Josh Jacobs is definitely better than Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know that goes in Brian's favor, but George Kittle is definitely better than Gronkowski. That goes in Chewy's favor. So uh, those kind of even out. I think there's a couple spots on Chewy's side where I'm surprised. Like CD Lamb is projected for ten points. That seems high to me for a, a rookie, especially this year for a rookie. Um, he's, I mean, he, I think he's a really uh, supreme talent coming out of college. But I think it should be hard for the rookies to get up to speed um, with the offense, especially you know the more you know, at, at the non-running back positions. I would say <laughs> like wide receiver and tight end. I think those are a, a little. Uh, a little harder to pick up. Like we saw Clyde Edward Hilaire look just fine for the Chiefs tonight as, as a rookie, but I think when you're a running back and you're told to, you know, hey, here's the ball, run through this hole <laughs> and don't get tackled, yes, it's, a, a little, it's, it's a little simpler than the, the nuance of route running and being on, on the right time with your quarterback and all that sort of stuff that wide receivers and tight ends have to do. So uh, I think Chewy's a little overprojected in some spots here. Um, so I'm surprised that uh, Brian doesn't have more of an advantage. He's currently a two-point uh, underdog in the, in the projection. So I actually like uh, Brian's team a little more this week. Um, I think it would definitely be different if Chewy had been able to uh, start Sutton over Cobb. That would, that would have made a difference for me. But uh, right now, I like Brian's, Brian's side right here. Yeah, I, I would take Brian's team, but we gave Chewy, I gave Chewy a really high rating. Uh, I think you were pretty close to me, not too far off. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I gave Brian the lowest grade in, in the lead. So yeah. um, I'm surprised I'm picking his team, but uh, in this matchup, I, I like it better. I, I do think that it is solid down the board and it's a harder call. I am going to go with Chewy only because I think the talent on his side of the ball is just a little bit more proven with the exception of his rookie down there in Lamb. Uh, I think we can count on Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor and John Hopkins to especially uh, in Arizona now. I miss him around here. Needed his, needed his hands tonight in Texas, but uh, I think he'll be good. Uh, he just had that huge contract too, so um, I think Arizona's definitely be, committed to him. He'll be playing with wings. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm excited to see 
how he does with uh, a new offensive system because I think mostly the Texans coaching is bad. Um, and Deshaun, <laughs> You're not wrong. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson you know, makes up for a lot of their mistakes. So I think mostly the Arizona coaching at least is creative. Uh, not sure if they're good or not yet, but they're creative. And so it'll be interesting to see how Hopkins does out in the desert. But yeah. So anyway, that's probably enough about uh, Chewie and Brian. So let's move on to your matchup because you both had quarterbacks play tonight. So that is interesting. Um, you are currently uh, projected as a about a 11-point favorite over Michael. Um, I think uh, your quarterback performances were pretty equal. You're only a, a, about a point and a half behind right now. So that you know, anytime you can... Uh, kind of keep pace with Patrick Mahomes, you're uh, in a good position. So uh, any concerns from you uh, coming in into the weekend, uh, any, any tough start sit decisions you have? Uh, I would say that the, had I not gotten that garbage time TD, I would be in trouble. Mm. Uh, and so that made a big difference. I, I just don't like, you know, climb, climbing out of the hole to begin with. And for the first three quarters of that game, I was at a, 15 point deficit. So I'm glad that Deshaun was able to shave that off. And he's got the talent, all the talent in the world in himself to, to like you said, make up for lost uh, spots or mistakes. But he just doesn't always have people who can catch the ball behind him. He threw a couple of balls off of multiple guys' chests tonight. So uh, I'm excited about my running back core this week, including. Uh, the I'm New Orleans heavy, but I'm actually excited about their matchup and playing Tampa Bay, so that should be uh, hopefully pretty favorable. Um, I am really excited about my receiving core this week. I'm excited to see Thomas and McLaren do their thing. Uh, Anthony Miller is a, a questionable. I, I think he's got the talent. It's just going to be. I think he's a good kind of roll the dice on a wide out three. So I, I feel good about them there. My tight end situation is kind of the question, and that's where I have the start sit to weigh. Also, right now, Deontay Johnson is questionable, and so I'll be keeping an eye on that as well. But so I think I think my only uh, real push choices this week are going to be: Do I play one tight end or two? And there's no uh, no doubt which one I would play. Uh, but it's just if I play both or not. And if I don't, and if I'm playing Deontay Johnson, there's kind of like a three-way little love triangle of choices to go there. Who slides in? Is it Danny Amendola? Is it uh, go ahead and take the risk on Hines, who I'm excited about, but he's also he's very unproven. Uh, I'm kind of hoping he's a, a good deep sleeper pickup, kind of that cheap dollar that turns into a breakout. Um, so uh, those would probably be the guys that I consider playing this week in lieu of or Johnson, depending on his health status, but that's kind of the the soft spot of the team. This, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you're you're right on, and I think um, this is where the the two flexes uh, ends up being pretty interesting yeah. in terms of the number of options that you have and the decisions you have to make. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's gonna work out all right uh, for you one one way or another. Uh, your, your Saints do look good, especially at home against Tampa Bay. That right. should be uh, should potentially be a, a shootout uh, there. So, so. Uh, on, on Michael's side, you know his um, he's got Joe Mixon at running back, and he's got four wide receivers uh, in there that I really like: uh, AJ Brown, Mike Evans. Uh, hopefully, Mike Evans is healthy enough to play. Uh, Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. Uh, and I like TJ Hawkinson at tight end, but his uh, RB2 spot is Jamal Williams uh, for Green Bay, which I think is, um, you know, that, that's a hole there. Like that, that's, a, that's not someone that I would expect to score double digit points um, at all. So uh, that, I think that's a, that's a tough spot uh, for his running back situation. Uh, you know, he had the potential for Reichwell Armstead to pick up that RB2 spot with Fournette out of Jacksonville, but Armstead's on the COVID list, I think, so he's not able to play. Um, and he's got some you know, good bench stashes at running back with uh, Snell at Pittsburgh, Madison, Minnesota, and Daryl Henderson in, um, for the Rams. But 
none of them are really going to be that week one factor. So RB2 is a, a hole for Michael, and I think that's really where the uh, the disparity is coming in your projection with him being 11 points, uh, 11 points under you. So it'll be interesting to see if he can figure out something there but right now this uh looks like it's it's moving in in your favor <laughs> i agree with you espn does not it's swung the other way right now it's projecting a hundred percent uh victory point percentile towards uh my opponent so congratulations there uh fitz you've you've done it <laughs> i went i went well, from having it locked in in the first quarter of the game to you having it locked in at the end well, I think we all know how much we can trust ESPN. So, bless them, they try. Uh, yeah, their their insights, I, I guess, is how we would we would call it. Mm-hmm. Let's right. move over to uh, Charles and Derek. This might be the highest projected uh, scoring game. It might be the the game of the week. Uh, as we, as we look at it right now, they're both projected over 150 points, uh, so that's definitely a very strong. Uh, Charles, of course, rocking his big three with Lamar Jackson, Zeke, and Dalvin Cook all look to be in really good spots this week. So yeah. that should give him a very firm foundation. And then it's a little bit of roulette after that with his wide receivers, uh, though I do like both of his tight ends, Darren Waller and Evan Ingram. Um, so, you know, just I, I think his projection of 153 just goes to show how uh, how much those studs can really buoy your team. Uh, even if you don't have some, you know, top uh, level talent across all the positions, right? That's right. In fact, I was looking at Zeke this week. He looks really good, and yeah. I think there was some question on him. He had, you know, his his ADP was slightly varying. His auction value was kind of questionable. Uh, he just didn't have as much security around him. Like there just seemed to be a little bit bigger of a risk factor around him that just may be cowboy bias it may be performance from last year driven but watching him play and watching the offense this last week he looks good uh, like he he deserves every bit of his top tier top three top four running back position that given so uh feel good about that lamar jackson is lamar jackson tom brady is the big question mark uh and talk about going from like America's football player to like stepchild overnight. I mean, one season, it's just like, oh, Tom Brady. No, Tom, he's he's done. He's out. He's washed. He's 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 got no mozzi. And uh, I I don't know if that's true. I mean, he still throws pretty hard, <laughs> and uh, I think that you know Tampa Bay does not have the same strategic coach they don't have the same offensive weapons but Tom Brady's really creative and he can make something out of nothing in a heartbeat so I wouldn't write him out I think that's going to be a fun matchup uh it'll be a really interesting test to see you know was it Brady or was it Bill that mm-hmm. led to the, all the Patriots success he's definitely going into an offense with much better weapons than what he had in New England um so even if there's some decline in his still he'll probably be just as a valuable of a fantasy asset as he um, has been the past two years. Um, so that's, you know, I think, very serviceable at, at quarterback. You've got uh, Kenyon Drake, who is a target in many a, a league. Uh, Todd Gurley, some question mark around him, but uh, I think that uh, I like the wide receiving core uh, most on Derek's team. You mentioned his firepower or lack thereof, you dared to cross that line. I dared. Looking at the matchup now and knowing that he's of in, you know, the highest projected matchup, the game of the week right off the bat, we've got uh, two teams that uh, have equally made, one of which won the playoff run back-to-back years. Uh, and so, uh, and Derek arguably should have been in that seat if it wasn't based on matchup, but based on points four. And so with that in mind, uh, would you like to take back your words or do you still see uh, a lackluster in firepower? Uh, I am going to stick to what I said. Actually, I think there's a couple spots where his players are over projected and, you know, he doesn't have a still player projected higher than 17 points. Um, and, you know, the, the top projected player was Travis Kelsey um, at 17. And that's exactly what he scored. Uh, you know, and I think most people watching the game would say Travis Kelsey had a really good game. 
um, but still it translated to 17 points, which isn't you know a, a weak winner for you. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I think there's a, yeah a couple of guys on Derek's side that I think are overprojected. So um, I could probably make the same argument for Charles. I don't think this game will be as high scoring as it's projected to be right now. I think they're both a little overprojected, and we'll, we'll see this one come back more into the you know the 135 to 140. Uh, range give or take, um, you know, some wild variance uh, type of things happening. But I think that this will be a more average scoring game, whereas right now it's it's projected to be high. All right. Well, uh, I am going to make the call then. I think I'm going to go with Derek this week. I think he has more points down the line. And while I think that Charles' studs are better, I don't think he's got the balance that he needs to to score more points than Derek this week. Yeah, this is a, a tough one to call. I'm going to side with Charles, just because I think all of his studs are in really good spots this week. So uh, I think that'll, that'll be a, a good one for Charles this week. We'll see. Good game of the week to watch. Indeed. Let's hop all over right, to... Alright, yeah, let's hop over to... I want to talk about your team. You had a big jump start this evening, and you've got uh, a matchup going up against Chris. Chris being uh, one of the uh, favorites of the post-draft recap in terms of uh, his overall uh, team and his, where do we rate him? Where did you, where did you put him? Put him low? I put him pretty low. I gave him like a C or a C plus or something like that. I put him, um, I gave him like a D minus. I don't remember. I gave him a C. I, I have him as my number eight team. Okay. So, you I know, he's at, he's at McCaffrey, uh, yeah. who's of course going to just, destroy everything roll. in his path all, right all so um and he's going against oakland this week which is a really good matchup for for him i think um you know o- oakland can really struggle on defense so i fully expect mccaffrey to have a, a lights out game this week but uh i still i still have hope uh, you know uh ceh gave me some hope it would have been nice if he'd been able to squeeze in the end zone another time on some of those goal line carries but uh definitely happy with what i got uh, from him and uh, the Chiefs' defense towards six, which you know, could have been better, but that's not going to tell me. So uh, there's still there's still lots of hope. Where what I don't like on my team this week is my my running backs after Ceh because you know Terryon Johnson is now in some kind of a committee with Adrian Peterson and uh, maybe DeAndre Swift in, in Detroit, uh, and Ronald Jones is now in some kind of committee with Leonard Fournette and uh, a host of other Lashawn McCoy in Tampa Bay. So. Um, those two guys, it's like, man, I didn't want any timeshare running backs, but I definitely got two now with the uh, free agent signings of Fournette and Adrian Peterson. The the news the news of the past week or two has not been kind to my, my team. <laughs> yeah, your wide core looks good, and you've got uh, a good flex option, Allen Robinson. I'm excited about for you. That's a powerful flex. You may have one of the best uh, projected flexes league right now in him so i think that your wide core is very very strong uh other than that i think that uh well, chris's wide core is really strong too i mean he's got metcalf and sanders i am excited about hunter henry um he's got two tight ends in right now including hayden hurst and then oh i like jerry judy a lot uh he was a target of many uh, uh final round pickups but uh, yeah, it's a pretty good flex too. This is a good matchup so far. Head to head looks really fun this week in these these comparisons. So this is a hard one. Let me ask you before I give you my uh, my pick. You mentioned in the <laughs> the messaging uh, chat uh, program that we use a certain app, which I will refrain from naming, least I stir up the pot. That you were excited about your boy Clyde and that he was worth every penny uh, proof is in at least, you know, one data point doesn't make a trend, but this has got to be a good start. Got to feel good. $70 worth it. Well, yeah, it's not so much about the points that he stored tonight. Like 22 points is nice. It's more about the usage that he got of 25 carries had the goal line usage, didn't get in, you know, um, that, that'll happen. If, if he keeps getting this kind of usage, then yeah, absolutely worth the, the $69 I paid for him. Yep. 
Uh, I'm excited for you. Yeah. Especially in that offense. I mean, it's the best offense in the league. And That's you, right. You did, right, doing that, that much use, uh, that, that much run, then uh, definitely excited about that. And I plan to keep Daryl Williams uh, <laughs> uh, for the rest of the season as well as, as the handcuff there, just in case uh, CEH goes down. I definitely want to have the backup there. So hold it on to him. And uh, he can just have a comfy spot on my bench until, until I need him. Sounds right. Uh, Looking at the matchup right now, projections are about four points off of one another. You are slightly favored. Uh, Cam Newton's going up against a rebuilt New England, and uh, Dak is going up against who are they playing this week? Is it the the Rams? The Rams. All right. So, uh, I think yeah, I, Chris, Chris does not have a kicker yet, so the projection will probably oh, be more like he'll, he'll be favored by three or four. Um, so I'm not sure if that weighs into your decision here. You know, it's really, really critical you get this right. So. Uh, it really doesn't. Uh, I look at Chris's team and I, he's got a really good bench too. He got a lot of names on it that I would have liked to have been able to pick up. Chris had a great draft. I don't know why we rated him so low. Uh, my leaning, though, is that you take this one. All right, I um, I'm not sure. I, I think um, I think it will be close. I, I really think McCaffrey will have a a big enough day that it will uh, kind of make everything else moot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Chris here. All right, the honorable honorable move. I think that takes mm-hmm. us over to Brock and Jared Lorenz. Yeah, Jared got off to a nice start tonight. Will Fuller put up 19 points, so that's a a, a good number to get from him w- without DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. Didn't get in the end zone, but you know he's getting the ball thrown to him, so yeah. can't can't argue with that. Uh, he had left Sammy Watkins on his bench. Unfortunately, Sammy Watkins put up 21 points, so um, too bad for Jared to miss out on those points. But he's still sitting in a good spot. Projected for 157. Uh, Brock's projected for 140. Um, so Jared is definitely, uh, you know, coming out of the date strong here and uh, has uh, the pole position. I, I think his team looks really good uh, this week. He's, uh, you know, surprisingly starting four running backs. Um, yeah. First time we've ever seen that before. <laughs> Hasn't uh, been done. So, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a little uh, shocking to see, uh, see that now. But, um, you know, on the flip side, Brock's starting five wide receivers. So it's a, it's a whole new world. And, uh, you know, I think the other thing with the, the two flex positions is I think most teams end up having at least one spot in the lineup where you raise an eyebrow right. and say, mm, I, I wouldn't want to be starting that player. But I, I don't see that with either of these teams this week. I think, that, I think both these teams have really complete rosters. These were my top two draft grades. And uh, I think that's, that's part of why. It's because they're, they're very complete, very balanced teams with uh, still the potential for upside at certain positions. Yep. Uh, with Brock having the stud in, in Saquon and uh, Jared having you know stud in Derrick Henry. Miles Sanders and James Conner all have, you know, ba- basically should be three down run, right. uh, running backs and uh, have, have big upside there. So, yeah, uh, yeah a, a fun matchup. I'm surprised it's not closer, uh, but I think the, the performance by Sammy, uh, by uh, sorry, excuse me, by Will Fuller helps give Jared the boost to, to at least out of the date. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. It is a tough question. Uh, the four running backs, you're like, okay, two of them are going to get touchdowns at least. And <laughs> you've got. Uh, you could argue the same on his wides. This is a fun philosophical matchup. If you look at it that way, uh, it, it really is skilled positions. Uh, you know, it's got it's like a twilight level. Pick your team. Are you, uh, I can't remember the names. I'm not in the twilight, but moving on your pick then Pete. I'm going to gather that. Well, I'm not going to tell you what you're going to pick. I think I'm going to pick Jared this week. Brock's got a great team, and this is a tough, tough pick. But I think that running backs uh, carry. Therefore, I'm going to go with Jared. Tough call. I'm going to go with Jared as well. But it's definitely a good matchup. And um, I hope we see some fireworks here. This one may be the highest, and this may end up being the highest scoring game of the week. Yeah, I think you might be right. All right, well, speaking of Jared, I look forward to having Jared Fleming on the line before too long. Let's take a look at his matchup going up against my lowest rating of 
the draft. Our favorite coach, Scott. Scott got a nice performance from David Johnson tonight and put it up 20 points. Nobody uh, saw it coming. Yeah, d- didn't see that coming. Looked pretty spry on that he looked one good. T- touchdown stamper that he had. Man's been so. eating his Wheaties or something. He looked young out there. Yeah, so I, I didn't see the final stat line of how many carries he got compared to Duke Johnson, but uh, d- you can't be mad at the the score from David Johnson there, and I think that definitely helps the outlook for for Scott's team if he can keep that up. He's uh, Scott's projected to uh, win this one by 13 points right now, so that's a strong start for him. I think he's got Julio Jones and DJ Chark, uh, even Henry Ruggs, all in yeah. really good spots this yeah. week. So I liked Scott's team a lot this week. And, uh, you know, Jared was Jared Fleming was one of my lower grades, draft grades. And, you know, there, there's not a lot I love here uh, outside of Devontae Adams um, and, and Matt Ryan. Uh, but then, you know, Scott's got Julio Jones on the flip side. So uh, it's not hard to be cheering for Julio or be cheering for Matt Ryan when they're going against each other. Uh, those points kind of sure. uh, offset one another. So right. we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I, I definitely like Stott's team better here. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just a little bit softer over on Jared's side, but uh, they're, they're, I could see a world where, uh, whether it's Devontae or Matt, or even if Chubb gets a little bit more action, where some stud performances bring him back into the running pretty quickly especially in those early games, those 12 o'clock games on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and so uh, he's not out of the running yet, but I am going to go with Scott. Good stuff. Well, hey, we made it through. We won matchups in the books. Well, we'll have to we'll have to do a better job of like keeping track of our, our picks record. Yeah, this year. well, okay. Maybe, maybe maybe one of our faithful listeners can uh, take take on that responsibility. Take some good notes, yeah. Jared. <laughs> Jared. Yeah, Jared. You're, you're, you're <laughs> Jared. a stats guy. <laughs> So, try, try who we pick who ends up winning. That would be uh, fun. We could have Jerry get on the line, just call in, just to tell us how we're doing. Like, hey, tell yeah. us how awesome. Which one of us is winning? Uh, yeah, we made a little, a little side bet. Yeah. Who, well, who, I had who, I had an idea. Uh, I wanted to run this by you on the air. So you and I are doing some some daily fantasy together this year, right? Uh, and uh, some friendly wagering taking place there. Nothing unhealthy. Nothing that would lead to bad habit uh, without accountability. And so. <laughs> Uh, don't be such a pastor (laughs) (laughs) with that uh i had an idea at the very least i don't i don't think because we don't have anybody tracking all of our uh win loss predictions yet jared uh what i think we should do is start out this way i was thinking about this earlier i think that we should each independently choose uh who we think is gonna score the top score of the week that that person gets a 20 dollar payoff uh, for their performance, correct? Yep, right. And what I think we should do is pick uh, who we believe that person to be. And whoever is right, and I, I don't mean price is right rules, oh, you were closer, they scored more than my pick. I mean, you have to be right. And if that person was right, then the other will pay the entry fee for the Daily Fantasy. That week. Mm, okay, all right. So, so it only only pays off if you correctly guess who right. scores the top score of the week. That's right. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm in. And, and we could, we could even make it a little bit more interesting. Anyway, uh, we can think about this more offline, but just, just thinking we may have to establish a rule where we can't pick the same player, obviously the same manager. Right. And so maybe we trade off week to week who gets to go first. Makes maybe, sense. Maybe it's like horse rules or, uh, you know, make it, take it where, <laughs> How about that? If you do pick the higher of the two, even if they don't win, you do get to choose first the following week. All right. Does that sound fair? So we fair. really only re- left with a with a flip of a coin this week of who gets to choose first, which I will concede uh, because I'm just such a gracious uh, host uh, to you, although I hope you don't pick my pick because I already have one of mine. Uh, I, I don't have one of mine, so go ahead. Well, I've just conceded. I can't backtrack that. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I, I defer your. T- your I can't. T- I can't walk all that nicety back. <laughs> I, I defer back to It'd you. It'd be Go a ahead. political make nightmare. Uh, I'm going to pick Jared. Okay. All right, uh, Jared Lorenz. I assume. That's right. Okay, I will go a little bit off board here, and I will pick Charles. All right. All right. So that's what we got to record right now. Jared, we'll let you worry about our calls for everybody else, uh, the other six matchups. But 
there you have it. Top score picks of the week. Just another uh, thing that our fellow managers can accuse us of manipulating the fantasy gods and implementing, implementing curses upon you for picking you for the top score of the week. Uh, if we you know, are successful, then we're awesome. If we cause you to lose because of it, then we may be on to something uh, in terms of matchup strategy for ourselves or even, you know, manipulating playoff seedings because of it. So time will tell. This is kind of like when you make a home run call watching a baseball game. There's no downside to us here, right? <laughs> it's right. like, like if, if you did it right, then that was awesome. Like, nice call. Way to go. Good job. But if you did it wrong, it's like, yeah. You know, yeah. You Nobody really <laughs> expected you to be able to do <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's so right. yeah, this, this is a great game. Uh, no, all upside, no downside for I us. I love it. I love it. We got some pretty low expectations here at the greatest fantasy football league in the world. <laughs> this is its podcast. He's Peter Owen. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Y'all, I'm going to be burping all night long. This is terrible. This, this, <laughs> I, I chugged, chugged a box of Tums. I'm doing my best. So, no, no shortage. Willy Wonka. Yeah, so Willy <laughs> that's Wonka. right. That's right. <laughs> Bean dip. <laughs> Not what I expected. Nor me. I was like, oh yeah. I got the farts one time. Something. Nope. <laughs> boob. <laughs> boob man, 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 boob, man, boob, thumping. All right. <laughs> All right then.